Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Brooke. Brooke Elitrash has a Bachelor of Science in Psychology and certified in Mental Health First Aid. In 2019, Brooke became a certified 200-hour therapeutic yoga instructor. That sounds so good. I did some yoga right before I hopped on here. (laughs) And I was just like, I got to do something, you know? I really do because I haven't been doing anything. I've been so unmotivated. Uh, In case people don't know, I'm hoping by the time people hear this, that the pandemic will be over, but I have no hopes since uh, this is yeah. going to air May 18th. So um, <laughs> oh, wow. okay. <laughs> I, I really, I wish I could be like, I think it's going to be over by then, but I, I really have no hopes of that. So uh, we are uh, recording in the middle of the pandemic. And yes. so I needed to do something because I was so unmotivated and haven't done anything. So that's well, you got me note. to take a shower today, so I appreciate you for that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I will take a shower after this, but yeah. uh, there are some times that I'll go like more days than I would normally um, because I'm like, nobody's going to see me and my kids don't care if I stink. So <laughs> that's funny with my eyebrows. Like I usually draw my eyebrows on, but not, not today. <laughs> not today. It's okay. Nobody sees it sees the video anyways. Yeah, so sure. uh, currently, Brooke is training to become a holistic wellness coach where she hopes to assist women through every phase of themselves. Brooke is also interested in becoming a certified peer specialist to help those who have experienced grief, anxiety, depression, and eating disorders. All the things we're going to talk about today. <laughs> Brooke, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I just want my first podcast. I'm excited. Yay. I love being everybody's first. So many people will come to me and be like, I listened to your podcast. I felt really comfortable with how it was going. So Mm -hmm. I figured it would be nice to have you be my first because it sounds really easy. Yeah. I'm very, I am probably one of the most low key podcasters because I don't have a lot of requirements. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's I, everything, everything I've heard. It's just, it's just talking. It's just conversation. So just, yep. Just conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so in case people hear children in the background, we did talk about how we're in the middle of a <laughs> pandemic and my children are yep. home. Um, so Brooke, I would love to have you take us back to when did you first notice that, you know, something, isn't right. Like, I don't feel okay. Like I feel off. I use, those are my words. So maybe those are not the words you would specifically use, but I always say like, you know, I felt, um, off since I was really young. So, (laughs) oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, like that's the thing is that I've always been a very introspective child going into being an adult. Um, I remember six years old asking my mom, you know, like, what's the point? And she goes, what? And I was like, I don't understand. You just grow up, you work, and then you die. And then she goes, you shouldn't think like that. And I was like, but I did. And I was only, I was little, I was a single digit. I was under 10. Um, And then I remember being 10 years old, 
and then asking, telling my mom, like, I think I'm having seizures. And she goes, nah, you're not having seizures. You're fine. And then at 15, I actually started having like seizures. I got diagnosed with epilepsy. Um, and I can remember having seizures all the way back until I was like three. So, um, yeah. So when you talk about being off, that's the first thought I had because, um, that made me have to start really focusing in. And I grew up in a divorce household with a schizophrenic father who was an alcoholic and uh, diabetic. So all of those things don't really go well together. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So my, my real dad and I never really had a relationship. Um, but my mom and I are exactly the same. Sometimes we talk the same. Um, so it was one of those things where you kind of just had to go with it and be strong. And my mom and I were more roommates for like the majority of the time that we lived together until she got married to my stepdad. Uh, great guy, by the way, he's, he's always been like my dad besides my grandpa. So, um, but I remember being like 12, 14, like that, that age frame where age frame, is that a word? Um, <laughs> is it? We've it I, it's okay. I know. But I remember my journals, my journals were dark. I'm about 12 years old. Like I had a poem that got published and it was, it was dark. And <laughs> like everybody else was like mom in my pajamas. And then mine's over here, like left can creep, uh, creep upon one so jury and continue its way to the next at 12 years old. So, um, feeling alone, feeling like going through that goth stage and the witch stage, the craft came out. So that was my thing. Oh, I love the craft. Oh my God. Yeah. So, um, I've always been kind of into like the natural herbalist, like witchy things is what my family would call it back then. I did have a bunch of candles in my closet with like people carved into it. So I can see why, but (laughs) that, that was my outlet at the time. So, um, I remember feeling off from a very young age. And now that I understand that anxiety can actually be shown through anger, not just Mm. like fear and sadness or like, I even found out that my anxiety, like if I'm too nice or I'm too talkative or something, that's my anxiety trying to overcompensate. Mm. So I have found that about myself as well. So being able to identify when I'm getting too chatty in a group that I don't know and like to hold myself back and let them make the first approach. Yeah. I get the same way. So, (laughs) yeah. So I've, I've learned that about myself is that I went from this very angry, very angry and like recluse, reclusive person, like high school, I was the soccer girl on the team that sat in the very back of the bus with my black blanket and all my metal music and just had my CD case and my, headsets on just blaring you know I played a team sport but didn't really talk to people um (laughs) so as I became older um like I went off to college and outside my town I was like I gotta get out of here and once I realized there's just so many different types of people and culture and things like that I got so excited and started like college really helps you find yourself. And I, I thought I could be a party girl and it's too exhausting. Oh, I like, was a party girl in college. Oh I was super nerd in high school and, and didn't, I wasn't very popular. And then in no. college I got introduced to the party scene and suddenly I had all these friends and I thought I was so cool. Well, the problem with being a party girl is when you stop partying, you don't have those friends anymore. 
No. And that's okay. And that was the other thing too, is that, um, I didn't realize how depressed and homesick I was in college, you know, because one of the things in my family, and we've come to learn this, especially within like the last like eight years is that we don't express emotions. Our family is very like, like the men shake hands. We don't hug. Like everybody's just like, Oh, Hey, how are you? And just, uh, like we don't show emotions. Like my grandfather passed away in 2018 and nobody knew what to do. Cause he was like the patriarch of the family. And like, he was always, he was the the one that everybody would go to for advice and life lessons and stuff. Well, he got dementia. So to have somebody who would give you life advice from their mind and their wisdom, like deteriorate like that in front of you, you know, like that's traumatic for everyone. So nobody really knew how to handle that. Well, you talk about it. Like you get the emotions out, you cry it out. Like I read an article, uh, I wish I had gotten it, but there was some article uh, once upon a time talking about how different tears and different emotions have different like uh, genetic makeup or something like that. So our family didn't show emotions. And as I got older, met my husband and his family. Um, They're very emotional. I mean, like <laughs> Middle Eastern, it was like, I'm Southern country girl. And I meet this family where it's okay that the men kiss their sons on the forehead or, you know, and yeah. like everybody's huggy and lovey and like, oh, how was your day? And they all sit down for dinner together and mom makes a meal and the dad's joking and stuff. And I'm over here going, I don't understand this bizarre world of love and compassion. Cause my, my stepdad's like that too, but you know, I was already kind of getting out of the house, uh, whenever my parents officially got like married and stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, I can ramble all day. So oh, if I start getting off topic, just no. let me know. But I, I when the, it comes to the podcast, nothing's really off topic. As long as you don't start preaching at my audience, we're good. Cause that, no, that, no. <laughs> that, so, that right there pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that was talking about being pissed off. That was one of the things that kind of started the whole, like, Oh, something's up with me is that uh, when my husband and I were married. I got mad and I smacked him in the arm because that's what my family did. If they got mm -hmm. mad, they'd smack each other. Like they would hit each other or right. my aunts and stuff would comment and like smack you in the back of the head just because they thought it was funny. Or right. the, my dad used to just thump us in the forehead because he thought it was funny. It's not funny. <laughs> so, um, as we got older and I saw that that wasn't the norm and that I had like smacked my husband, it was just on the arm in my head. It was just playing, but he actually was like, you don't do that. Like you don't, we don't hit. If we love each other, we don't hit, even if it's, you think it's a joke. And that kind of, that really opened my eyes up. And that actually made me stand up for myself with my family more. Um, and I'm forever grateful for my husband because he's, uh, and, and it really is the people that you meet that help you kind of transform too. So if you're surrounding yourself with people that like, like, I know I had someone that I was trying to be that one to like lift her up and make her happy and do all the things, but it did the opposite and it started to break me down. I finally was just like, I can't do this anymore. And mm -hmm. I just, I left, I moved out. I moved into an apartment I couldn't afford, but I was away from there. <laughs> right. You know, and I know that her, her version of it would probably be completely different and that's totally fine. But like, I've made peace with that. I forgive her for all that, but that doesn't mean that I have to, you know, have that person in my life again. Mm -hmm. you know, like, and there's, 
One of the biggest aha moments too was my husband and I, we moved into where we are now. Um, I was just in the house and I was thinking my epilepsy was kicking in again um, because I was getting memory fog. I was lethargic. I would wake up like super tired. and I didn't know why. And then I went and got my MRI, my EEG, like all the testing. And they're like, everything's normal. You don't have any seizure activity. And that's when the epiphany hit like, oh, shit, I'm depressed. Like having them tell me my brain is functioning fine. It's just like on screens and stuff. But then my mind is just, and my body aren't, uh, they aren't coinciding. So that was a big aha for me. And then realizing that everything from childhood, my triggers and stuff, and then being able to identify like when I would get stressed or anxious or homesick, then that's when I would start binge eating on childhood foods that my grandma used to make. Mm, comfort foods. Yeah. Like macaroni and cheese, mashed potatoes, uh, chicken nuggets. Like you name the things your grandma made you and I was shoving it in my face, but then I would feel guilty and I would go and throw it up, mm. you know? So they gave me some kind of control. And that was the other thing is that I went, originally went to school for a biology degree. So, cause I wanted to do veterinary and stuff. And then the math happened and it was terrifying. So I switched it to psychology because I was originally going to do um, a biology major with a psych minor and I reversed it because I thought just in case. So, and that actually is what helped me start identifying the fact that I have an eating disorder, but I didn't take it that way. I took it as info on how I could hide my eating disorder. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I took it as like, when people are like, what's the identifying markers and noticing a eating disorder, I would take those and then kind of make them and tweak them so that they wouldn't be as obvious to my family. Mm. Um, and apparently it worked because my mom just found out maybe like a year or two ago that I had an eating disorder. Um, because my family thinks that therapy is taboo or they used to, I don't know how their stance is now, but I've been going to therapy on and off for years. I was told by somebody that um, going to a bar and talking to the bartender is equal to going and talking to a therapist. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) all right. Um, Sure. Yes. The bartender Um, has a degree in psych and knows (laughs) how to treat mental disorders. Great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, if whatever helps, I guess, as long as they're sober (laughs) as they talk, I guess, because because uh, that's one of the biggest things too, is actually sober talking about your emotions. That's different than just kind of, you know, drinking them out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But like seeing a therapist, but I've had my share of bad therapists. Let me tell you, like, I remember when I was in college, I was trying to get help for eating disorder and they assigned me like somebody going through the master's program. Uh, and I was just like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm anxious. Like there's too much going on. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to give you some assignments to do. And if you can bring them next time, I was like, I, I quit. Like, <laughs> like I just said that, but then I don't know. I know what it was is that it's, it's like, if you missed one or two appointments, then they just canceled it. Like you weren't allowed to have that free resource anymore. So I got canceled on. I was like, well, good thing I'm not suicidal because that would have been bad, you know? Right. And, uh, but so, yeah. So 
uh, and the other thing is, is I'm 30 now. I just got my degree uh, in 2018. So, um, was it 2018? Yeah, 2018 I got my degree and then 2019 I got the yoga cert. And yeah, sorry, I started thinking about my grandpa and stuff. Because <laughs> uh, okay. the whole reason I was going to college was for him because, yeah, well, he passed away in May and then I got my degree in December. Um, and I guess the whole thing is, is that I started going to school when I was like 18 and then like finally got it at 29. So it took me 10, 11, it took me 11 years to get my degree, but I got it. And through that whole process, that's uh, when I learned that, uh, my timeline is not somebody else's timeline. Right. Like, I will never forget sitting next to those, those girls and they're like, we haven't seen you around here on campus. I was like, yeah, I'm online. And I was like, I've been, I finally got it after 11 years. And they were like, 11 years? They were like, what kind of night cream do you use? And I was like, oh, anyway. But most of the girls had talked about around me, just the people around me, they weren't even excited about getting their degree. They only said, this is the most expensive piece of paper I've ever bought. Yeah you know, or like very few had plans to go somewhere else. One girl talked about getting a boob job. So that was her <laughs> plans after college. Um, good plans. Good plans. Yeah. As long as you invest them. Um, but yeah, I just like moving so much and having to learn to adapt and kind of reinventing myself wherever I go to find who I am. I've noticed that I've come full circle. Like I still have those anxieties and depression moments, but I know that I have to stay busy and being able to identify my triggers and um, being able to identify them and start to pull myself up. Like what works for me? So I've learned that informative like, or like organizational videos on YouTube. There's one channel I really like and I save her videos and love it. Um, so much so I started making my own planner and things like that. Um, again, I feel like I'm rambling. <laughs> You're fine. Um, yeah. So you started <clears throat> noticing early on, which I, I feel you because I was um, diagnosed with bipolar type two uh, mm -hmm. last year. And when I, right. now that you, when you, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Right. So like no. once you see that you have a mental health disorder or multiple mental mm -hmm. health disorders, you can look back and you can be like, Oh, yep. There it is. There it is. Yep. It's, yep. It has been there the whole time. You just couldn't see it before. Right. You know? Um, yep. I mean, it, I feel like mental health disorders like anxiety and depression, bipolar disorder aren't as obvious yeah. until you see it where like an eating disorder, you knew you had an eating disorder. It wasn't like, Oh, I will see. That, that was the other thing with the eating disorder. I thought that was just my way of living. I never thought oh. anything of it. I never thought anything of it because I had done it for so long, you know, because I wanted to be the pretty girl in school. I wasn't popular. I mean, I was trying to be the golf cheerleader. It didn't happen. Um, <laughs> but, you know, whenever you come from a household where you don't have a father figure, if you want to go back psychology wise, like I right. needed to have like a boy. Like I felt like I always had to have a boy to feel loved. Um, so I feel like I need to be skinny and pretty and blonde and all of this stuff. Um, so yeah, so just seeking approval and then that just kind of spiraled 
And then um, at one point I was trying to do modeling, but then I had someone say like plus size pose and it just triggered me. And then I started going down a deep spiral. I got down to like 130 pounds, like on my own, no eating disorder. And then I had a photographer tell me that I was still too big. I need to go down to 115. Mind you, I'm five foot two. And like, I'm athletic built. So I have hips and I have shoulders and like, I'm right. I'm not gonna, like, I physically can't. Like, I remember getting down to 120 and that's whenever my sister asked me if I had an eating disorder. And I was like, oh, okay, so 120 is too much, if, but like 130 is safe where right. people won't ask me about my weight and I'm comfortable. Um, so, and it's, it's liberating now. It's taken me this long. I'm 30 turning 31 this year. And the main reason why I've been trying so hard the last few years since 20, 2013 is when I really started to, um, like, 2013, 2014 is when I started realizing like depression, anxiety, and things like that. Because uh, my sister had a um, full term uh, stillbirth. So uh, she was 38, 39 weeks. And um, she lost. We went in a Friday. I went with her and she got her um, checkup done. And they said if she did go into labor over the weekend, they would have, they would admit her and induce her that next Monday. Well, we went to Olive Garden cause she's always hungry. And, <laughs> um, she kept looking at her phone and she just kept shoving food in her mouth. And I was like, what are you doing? She was like timing my contractions. And I was like, what? <laughs> so she just, she was just like, they're not going to feed me at the hospital. So she, you know, we're just, I'm just letting her eat cause I'm paying. So she ate whatever she wanted. Um, and we just go back to the house, go about our business. And then I go with her to the hospital and uh, went from knowing he had a heartbeat and everything was good at like three o'clock in the afternoon to like by 7 p.m. he was gone. And then by the next morning, she delivered her uh, son, Mason. Um, so November 19th, uh, he, uh, 2013. So he would have been like seven this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after that, like it was a little traumatizing with birth, some anxiety and depression, (sighs) like the next place that we went, um, I actually got pissed off because there wasn't a uh, support group for a child and pregnancy loss. So I tried to find people that would help me like start that. And I had a great group of women, you know, that like started it out and then we all like tried to keep it going for the time that we were there together, but then everybody moves away. You know, so the group just kind of stopped and then we moved again and yeah, we moved again and I was like, I'm exhausted. I'm, I need to start healing on my own because that's when I found out that my anxiety was taking over. My anxiety and depression was taking over to help others and not myself. Mm. So I was investing all of the energy that I should like some of the energy I was investing, I should have invested in myself. I thought I was healing by helping others and connecting others, but I was ignoring. And once we moved and I had, I had, I didn't have any friends or anything really. Like I really started, that's when I started thinking that I had the epileptic episodes again. And that's when I, again, I had that epiphany of shit. I'm depressed. Right. So, um, 
Yeah. And one of the things I've noticed too, is like my house, if my house starts, if I'm usually pretty organized and clean and stuff, but then my house starts looking like my mind, then I know something's up. Yeah. And I have to like really look at it and yeah, I just, it's a lot. It is. And I, um, I think we can heal by helping others only if we are also helping ourselves in the same time. Yeah, exactly. But I'm the, I'm the same way as I, I would pour into other people. You know, I was, mm-hmm. um, I was a fitness coach and then I was a life coach and now I'm going to school for psychology. Um, yeah. but like when I was a fitness coach and life coach, I would literally pour into other people. And yeah. I, I got, I got really low weight wise too. I'm five, six and I got down to yeah. 120 pounds. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah. it was pretty scary and my husband was scared for me. Um, but I didn't see that there was an issue and that I was taking, uh, working out and eating like uber crazy healthy mm-hmm. that it was for me, it was that control that you were talking about. It was yep. like, Oh, this is where I can like you know, I feel out of control in my head, but oh, mm-hmm. I'm so in control of working out and, and eating right, you know? And, yeah. um, it took me years. I, I had to spiral completely out of control, um, for me to be like, oh, I have a lot of healing to do. Like I had seen yes. a therapist <laughs> and she was just like, you're good to go because I wouldn't open up to her. And I only opened up to her about, um, the abusive relationship I was in. So once we yeah. processed through that, she's like, Oh, you're, you're good. You're good. You don't have to. So I was fine. I was fine. I was fine. And then boom. <laughs> yeah. And it does. Sometimes it just comes out of nowhere. That's the other thing that sucks is that sometimes you could be having a really good day. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh shit, I'm sad. Why am I sad? And then you go, Oh no, I got to wear sweatpants for three days. And then you wear sweatpants for three days. You don't leave your house. People are checking on you, but you're like, I don't feel like it. So you just kind of push your phone to the side. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh wait, I should let people know I'm okay three days later, you know? And it, and that's, and sometimes that's okay. I mean, as long as you're able to like bring yourself up and if you feel like you need that extra help, it's okay to reach out and be like, Hey, I'm having a, like, I'm in my shit right now. And this is what I need from you, you know, cause that's the other thing. I am pregnant in a pandemic. Like I we am, yes. yeah, I am 10 weeks pregnant. So I didn't know telling people that I have, I have my, I, I'm going on week five of staying in my house. Of course I'm going crazy. The first three weeks of my pregnancy, I was more like terrified than anything because of my sister's loss. And then, you know, it's just, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot because not only that, like I not only have to worry about myself catching a virus that mutates all the time, but then like passing it to my unborn child, which I can't feel move yet. You know, like I know right. like it's, I, I don't know if it's a boy or girl yet. So I know it's like, it's moving and it's there cause I'm nauseous and I still have all my hormone levels and stuff cause everything's fine. But it's, it's still not completely real yet because I'm not showing my weight isn't changing. Like I'm just eating throughout the day and some things smell horrible and some things smell really good. Like I usually have really good hearing, but now I'm trading my hearing for a sense of smell and I want it, I want my hearing back. Like, (laughs) um, 
I think yeah, um, no. a lot of those symptoms were all showing and were just because of the pandemic. Oh so, yeah. you know, what you're feeling is completely normal. Well, that's what I was thinking was happening. I just thought that, you know, I was like, oh, well, I'm just, you know, I was go, go, go for so long because in December, my grandmother passed away and we knew like a month in advance that she was kind of going downhill. So I made it a point to go home a lot you know, before that. So I was constantly traveling back and forth between home and then coming back here and then doing yoga training. And then, you know, I, I helped with the women's retreat in March. And then the women's retreat was like the like last thing that I did. And all of a sudden I'm locked in my house. I went from going so much and then just nothing. And then I didn't know what to do. And then I got sad. And then I stayed in my bed for three weeks because I was also nauseous and I didn't know what to do. And then I discovered B6 and it's been a lifesaver. So <laughs> like I'm, I'm doing things normal, like cleaning and stuff. It's just, you know, it's, it's, and one of the best things I've had someone say is give yourself some grace. So if I'm having one of those days where I'm in my emotions and I'm like, that Taco Bell sounds really good. Like, I know we're in a pandemic. I'm not going to go get Taco Bell right now, but if they're giving away free tacos on Tuesday, which it looks like they're doing that now. Yeah, like... which makes no sense to me. My daughter works at Taco <laughs> Bell and we thought she had the come down with the virus. So she's been home. Oh, no. She got tested. She came out negative. So which thank goodness. Okay, good. It's yeah. probably just a flu or something. Um, yeah. But yeah, we were confused. Like why are Taco Bell, are you encouraging people to right? come and get Taco Bell in the middle of a pandemic? Like that doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. And my poor husband, he's so sweet. Like he's so patient with me because, because I found out I was pregnant and then we have a pandemic and then they're saying it can stay on certain surfaces for so long and whatever, you know? So my anxiety is like, oh, I'm still going to get it even though I haven't left my house. Cause that has happened. We've actually, that's actually happened in our town where a grocery delivery worker gave it to the person they delivered to. So um, that's why I sanitize my, all my groceries when I get them. Right. <laughs> my husband came home with the name. Okay. And I'm usually not like, I'm usually like a vinegar and baking soda kind of girl. And I laugh every time I see those memes talking about like, you guys gave up your essential oils real quick. And I'm like, yep. Because yep. it sure says did. human coronavirus on the bottle. And right now, yes, I will use it because it's, it's just Lysol disinfecting spray. We don't bring bleach into the house or anything. Like, right. I can't stand that scent. Um, I'm kind of, crun I'm crunchy like you, where I have like these all natural cleaners and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then I, I was in target a couple weeks ago when this first started <laughs> and everything was out. And then I saw seventh generation disinfectant spray and I'm like, hallelujah. <laughs> and see, I had already had like the thieves cleaner and stuff. So like I had, cause I get the concentrate, like, thanks. Thanks thieves. You smell like fall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, and so when my husband saw that I had a bottle of like home cleaner, he was like, Oh, you're serious. I was like, yeah. I was, and I was like, and you're going to take those Lysol wipes. Cause I'm a couponer too. So we haven't had to really worry about toilet paper or hygiene. So right. um, he has a can of disinfecting spray and disinfecting wipes in the garage and he takes those off. And then he basically does, you know, monsters Inc. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He does a 23 19 before he comes in the house. Like, like our laundry room's right by the garage. Like he knows what to do. I don't touch him, kiss him hello until he takes a shower. So yeah, he just works at an office, but you I don't just, know I though. Can't. No, you, you don't. don't know. No. And like, 
Uh, you don't. And it's like, when you talk about anxiety and depression and like, especially right now during a pandemic, you know, this is the time to start realizing like what's out of your norm. Like what, right. like right now, like what's out of your norm? I'm not getting socialization. All right. How can I change the socialization? Then I, oh, look, Zoom, you know, we have Zoom, Facebook, FaceTime, like all these different socialization apps, you know? And I love seeing the videos of people that are just like, ah, and they're literally just driving by their friend's house to scream at them. Hello. Yeah. You know? And I think that is, that's what we need. Like not finding loopholes, but finding like maybe loopholes. I don't know, but like just finding those little things to like stay connected, you know? And, um, like today I'm going to go and drop off a goodie bag for a friend at her house, but she's got little kids and stuff. So I'm just going to drop it off and then like text her and be like, Hey, get it before it melts. Cause we're in Texas. Right. <laughs> I mean, so I don't know. It's just like right now is really those times to like, I've seen more people outside now than like taking walks and stuff in our neighborhood than I have ever, you know, and I can tell which dogs have been walked and which ones have it. And it's so funny like those poor dogs because <laughs> they're so exhausted. Um, but it's, it's great. Like, you know, yeah, some conveniences are gone, but this is a great time to kind of go inward. And I kind of just took my three weeks of blahness and I'm just now coming out of it, you know? And I, I know what I need. I need movement. I need to be creative. And that's one of the things that, uh, we talked about earlier, AJ, she's helped me. Like she loves to still join people. I want to instill creativity. I want to help people, um, find a creative way to make themselves feel the best that they can. Right. You know, it's not, not, I don't want uh, yeah. people to feel pressured to be, to do the things though. No, that are listening. No. Cause I, we all have these these levels of being able to accomplish things right now, you, especially because yeah. we just talked about mental, mental health and the fact that you might be depressed and anxious right now. And, yeah. you know, people who have never experienced depression and anxiety might be feeling right. that right now. And yeah, I think it's most important is that we keep ourselves alive and our kids alive and do our best to take care of ourselves. Yeah. And for some of us, like I, I went a couple weeks without doing my meditation and, and working out. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I'm like, that's not good for my mental health because I know that right. always makes me feel better. So for me trying to get back into those things that, that, that is to me taking care of my mental health. Cause I know I need yes. to, but for some people yes. that is literally binging Netflix every day. <laughs> and I've been there. Like, and that's yeah. the thing too, is that you can have your ups and downs with like, Self-care isn't like a plateau, you know, self-care mm -hmm. goes up and down. Like if you're going to have your days where in your head, your self-care is, all right, I'm going to meal prep and I'm going to have this chia smoothie with blueberries in it. But the next day you could be like, oh man, binging friends sounds really good with like a chocolate milkshake. Right. You know, and that's okay. Like you don't have to be perfect all the time, you know, and just, just like with meditations, you said you meditated. Meditation, everyone thinks that you just jump into it and you can meditate. And they're like, oh, I'm not doing no. it right. I'm doing something wrong and stuff. Mm -hmm. And no, it's a meditation practice, not a meditation perfect. And that's, that goes with mental health too. You know, like mental health first aid, 
all that was, was it's a training to help people identify like the symptoms of anxiety, depression, uh, suicide, things like that. So it's, it's just a way to help you like get some education on like the basics of mental health, you right. know? So, and they have it for adults and teens. And I was really grateful for that, you know, because it was kind of a refresher course into the psychology stuff. Um, but yeah, whatever, whatever you feel like you need, like some people like love doing yard work. Like, thank God for my neighbor, like their kid's been doing our yard because I don't feel like doing it right now. Right. He's enjoying it and he's getting, he's getting some extra cash. So like, that's something like, what's a creative way to help you today? You know? And, and like, for me, it's going to be reorganized. I love organizing. If somebody tells me that I have this closet and I don't know what to do with it, I'm like, I got you. And I will take everything out and organize it. And if they haven't seen it in six months and they get excited, I know that that's an item to throw away because, you know, you didn't know you had it. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy because right now we're all going to come out a little bit different. We're all going to come out a different version of ourselves, and it really is, um, a good time. And I love, I love seeing the things that people are like, now's the time to be productive. And some people are like, now, no. now's the time to like kind of rest. And then if you feel like being productive, go for it. But if you want to keep resting, then rest, you know? And, and I love that. I love that there's so much support. There is more support now for mental health, especially anxiety and depression, like, because kids are even feeling it now. Yeah. Like I feel like these kids don't, some kids don't understand they can't go outside or they can't go see the Easter bunny at the mall or something. You know, they don't get it. They can't see their friends or their teachers. Or oh. I literally had one of my daughters. So her teacher every Friday has been doing like, uh, like a Zoom chat or a yeah. Google chat with all the kids in the classroom, and she's gotten really excited about that because she can see her teacher and her and her friends. Well, they took they took a, a mini spring break, so they had Friday and and today off. Today's a Monday for anybody mm -hmm. listening. Friday and. Um, Monday off uh, from the schoolwork, and then they're going to start back up on Tuesday. So they didn't have a full spring break. They just had like a little tiny yeah. one. Um, and she on Friday forgot that they didn't have any schoolwork and was in tears Aww. that she couldn't see her teacher and her friends that day, like on oh, tears. And I'm like, okay, I am trying to deal with my mental health. And then I have yeah. all of you, I have four kids. I have all of you losing it. <laughs> like, and see, that's hard too. Like I've seen that with parents where they have like the different age groups of kids, you know, and then like kids that are in school, they're used to having structure. They know that certain months of the year, like they have that structure, they go to school mm -hmm. and then like they have the certain months where it's summer and they have fun, you know, but now, like you just said, today's Monday. I forgot what day it was. I just know that I got a notification that we're talking, you know? And Same. Like, I forgot it was Monday and I had this interview <laughs> and then my phone, I have it set so my phone will go off 15 minutes for the interview and I was doing yeah. my yoga and my phone went off and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> you yeah, have an interview yeah. to do. Exactly. And that's, uh, and see, and that's okay too. It's okay if something slips your mind every now and then, like, it's, it's just important not to beat yourself up over it. Right. Like, 
and giving yourself grace. That is the best phrase I've ever heard. Like, oh, well, I didn't do that this time. Meh, it's okay. Like not, not to beat yourself up. And another phrase that I love so much is that anything that you do for yourself, do it because you love yourself, not because you hate yourself. Ooh, you know, that's because, a good one. Yeah. Because there's been so many times I don't, I forget. I watched it on a YouTube video forever ago. I don't know what it was. I think it was one of those times where I was trying to find a quick way to lose weight. <laughs> and then I found this video on losing weight. And that was like the first thing it said. And I cried. <laughs> Right. You know, and that's, that, that has stuck with me. So any, anytime I'm, oh man. Yeah. So anytime you want to do something for yourself, do it because you love yourself, not because you hate yourself. Don't run so fast on the treadmill. You get tunnel vision because you're sick of the way your body looks. Do it because you have a progression and a vision of like the future you that you want to be. And I don't know that that's just been like my mantra and or phrase, whatever you want to say. And then after that, I pulled a blessing card from one of my new age shops and they, it said like, I am whole, I am happy and I am healed. And again, I cried. So it's just taking those little, those little tidbits from the universe, from God, from whoever or whatever, you know, is guiding you through life, you know, just, just take it and love yourself as you are in each version of you. Cause especially as women, you know, we go through so many different stages of puberty in my head. I mean, you go through like being a child and there was one portion of a book somebody read to me and it was, or that I read and it was talking about how we are raised uh, in a society where it's like, yeah, be a child, be free. But then as soon as we start developing, we're like, no, hide yourself, be a lady. Like you're not free anymore. Right. And then being told what to wear, what not to wear and how to make other people feel so that they're not uncomfortable, you know? So, and then we go through puberty and then, you know, if you get married, then you get a name change. So that's like an identity change. And then you go from just being yourself to being you and your spouse and then for being you to your spouse. And then like, that's my thing. I feel like I just found myself in the last few years, you know, and now it's going to change. It's going to change. So it's how do I keep myself, but also become mother and wife because I've learned from myself. I can have, I can do three major things at once. Well, so I've, I've learned that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, that's the thing is just, being able to understand that there are phases to every part of our being. And just because you're not who you were like last year, that's okay. You know, cause then you're just going to be going to the next stage of you. And I love that. Right. I know like, I love that my husband has been through so many versions of me and he has stuck by me. Through Mine all too. of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know, he's a little crazy for doing it, but okay. <laughs> and yeah, and that's, and that's the thing too, is when you go through your own stuff, when you go through your own depression, anxiety, eating disorders and stories, and you meet other people that feel like they have to censor their story, giving them that space to be like, Hey, like, I understand it's hard or I can relate to it being hard. I can never fully understand what another person is going through because it's not my perception. You know, that's their life. 
but I can relate on some level and be like, this is my story. And I'm telling you all the things because I want you to know that you can tell me all the things when you're ready. Right. So, and that's important right now with anxiety and depression, probably skyrocketing with the pandemic going on that it's okay to reach out. It's okay that, you know, to tell people, like I told my mom, I was trying to reach out to my mom because I was having a hard time and my family deflects with humor. And I finally looked at her, I was like, no, I was like, I'm coming to you as a daughter and I need my mother's advice. <laughs> right. He went, oh, okay. So it's some, if you have to be firm with people to let them know I am suffering or I need help or let, I want to help you, you know, um, and just, just meeting them, just, just meeting them with patience and understanding and, but also understanding that sometimes you can only do so much. So I have had those people in my life where I want to help them or they want me to help them. And I know that I don't have the headspace for it at that time. So being honest about it is really important. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I appreciate that. I have a friend who actually asked, do you have the headspace for this? And I can tell her, no, I do not right now. I have a lot going on. And she goes, okay, I just wanted to make sure. So that's important too, is that like, and that's, yeah, I just. You're great. Yeah. Like just, just when it comes to yourself and others, you know, give a little grace, but also know when you need to take care of yourself and voicing that to the people in your life. So So as we wrap up the podcast today, um, what is something that you would like to leave the audience with? That, that one simple phrase, like anything that you do in life, do it because you love yourself, not because you hate yourself. Yeah. Because even when you're feeling down, depressed, anxious and stuff, and then those are the worst times when, you know, we think that we're not good enough. We're not doing enough. We're not being as productive as we were told we needed to be. That's okay. Like, what do you want? Like, how do you want to love yourself today? You know, how do you want to, you want to go for a walk, like love yourself that way. You know, do you just want to stay on the couch and binge Netflix? Like do it that way, you know, but just, keep in mind anything that you do for yourself, do it because you love yourself, not because you hate yourself. Well, Brooke, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.